You know, throughout the Bible, we see the value of friendships. Proverbs 18.1 warns us against isolating ourselves from others. The writer of Ecclesiastes, he wrote in chapter 4 that friends, they can get your back when you're in danger. They can comfort you when you're hurting. And if you get into an accident, they're there to help you out. But if you're alone, you're going to miss out on all that support. And these passages in the Old Testament on relationships and friendships, they apply to us, but, the, but also they were the scriptures that were available to Jesus as he lived on earth. So this morning, we're going to get a picture of, a little picture of Jesus' relationship with his disciples and how he opened up his life to them. And then we'll go to Proverbs and get some practical wisdom on how to grow and reflect Jesus in our friendship. So let's start in Matthew chapter 26, starting with verse 36. It reads this, And Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he told the disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. Taking along Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. He said to them, I am deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and stay awake with me. Right before Jesus was to be crucified on the cross, he spent time in prayer with his father in the garden. It was intense, right? It was an emotional period of time where Jesus would bear the sins, our sins, on the cross. And he spent this moment in the garden with his disciples. He invited some of his closest friends, Peter, James, and John, into that space. And he was vulnerable. Jesus was vulnerable in front of them. He didn't hide his feelings, but he shared with them how he felt. He said, I'm grieved to the point of death. And when we think about it, Jesus could have gone through this alone. He could have chosen to not have the disciples with him, but instead he let them see the tough stuff that he was going through. He opened his heart to them. And Jesus did this knowing that his disciples would bail on him when Jesus would get arrested to save their own lives. And this would happen just, just after Jesus called them friends in the Gospel of John. That very night he called them friends and they would end up bailing on him. And yet despite the disciples' failure, failures to be committed friends to Jesus, he still opened his heart to them. If Jesus invested in friendships. How much more should we invest in friendships in our own lives? And maybe for some of us, we have hesitations in really going deeper in friendships and letting people really know who we are because we're afraid of getting hurt by them. We're afraid of being let down or maybe rejected or even betrayed. Maybe we already experienced that. Well, Jesus understands us. His disciples let him down. Judas, one of the 12, betrayed him. He understands our pain, but that didn't stop Jesus from opening his heart to them. So don't let the fear of being hurt keep us from experiencing the gift of friendship. Or maybe for some of us, we feel like, I just don't really need friends in life. We don't need deep, deep friendships in our relationship with God. A majority of American Christians feel that way. 56% feel that spiritual lives, the spiritual lives should be totally private. Yet Jesus models to us, through his relationship with his disciples, that we grow and we flourish best in life in relationship with others. Maybe this year, right, you're craving these kinds of relationships. Or you hope maybe your current friendships, right, grow and being deeper and and, and more life-giving. Well, we're going to be encouraged in the book of Proverbs, how we can grow and reflect Jesus 
in our friendship. So let's hop over from Matthew all the way to Proverbs 27 with me, starting with verse 5, as we were encouraged to grow in our friendships. Proverbs 27, verse 5 reads, Better in open reprimand than concealed love. The wounds of a friend are trustworthy, but the kisses of an enemy are excessive. Here's the first way we reflect Jesus in our friendship and we grow as, as, as friends. It's to give and to receive painful but good words. To give and receive painful but good words. Wounds from a friend. Right, this is not just talking about telling your friend they got makapiapia in their eye as they're coming to service. Right? It's, it's, a little, it's a little deeper than that. Open reprimands and wounds describe right, sharing, sharing words to our friend that may hurt their feelings because it deals with maybe a foolish decision that they're making in their lives and they just can't see it, or it addresses maybe a sinful action or attitude that they're doing and, and, and they're blinded to it. It's sharing thoughtful, wise words, but it's painful to share because it'll probably hurt their feelings, even though it's for their benefit. And we may struggle to do that, right? I struggle to do that, to share difficult words with a friend because I'm afraid of how they might respond. Maybe we're worried that they won't like us anymore. We just don't like to deal with conflict. But look at the example of Jesus, right? He loved us, and he didn't leave us in our sin. He convicts us of our sin by his spirit. He addresses our sin through his word, and he took the initiative Right, to take our sin, the consequences of our sin, head on by dying on the cross because he loves us. Now, we can't pay for our friend's sins, but we can point them to Jesus who did. And it's not just about giving these painful but good words, but it's also being humble and receiving these tough words. Because it's hard, right? It's, Proverbs calls it wounds. That's not something that, that's, that's pleasant in the moment. Right? And we tend to fight back, right? When a friend or a family member corrects us or rebukes us or points something out in our lives, we're tempted to get defensive or tempted to just add, ah, dismiss what they're saying. They don't know what they're talking about and not take it to heart, right? And often we'll do that because of our own pride and insecurity. But see, if we experience the acceptance of Jesus, right, that frees us. That frees us to receive these, these good but painful words and to take that feedback. But we need friends in our lives to point out the blind spots and dangers in our lives and our relationships that, that we're unaware of or maybe that we're apathetic to. Think of these friends as security cameras, security cameras that alert you to danger. Right, when we leave our home to go to work or to come to church or go to school, right, we don't know who's showing up to our apartment or to our home. Right, could, could be someone snooping around our backyard. That's what happened to, to me a few years ago in the past place that I lived. Uh, someone came and, and didn't even know it, and uh, they slit uh, um, one of our windows uh, and tried to snatch things from one of our, our bedrooms. And we didn't know who it was. We didn't know how they did it because uh, we, we didn't have any, any, any security cameras. Because what a security camera does, right, is, is it captures that person from, from you know, uh, entering your house, and, and it alerts you. And you can even, now they have it where you can even catch them on your phone. Friends are like that, right? They, they, they catch and they alert us to when there's danger in our lives. 
They point out the sins and the things that, that, that we're blinded to that we can't see in order to help us. So I want to encourage us to see the friends in our lives who do this for us as, as gifts, as gifts to us. So just as they point out the makapiapia in our eyes, but they help us to see the areas where we're just blind to. So I want to encourage us, right, to, to praise God for these friendships, to pray for more of them, and that we would grow in, in, in being friends who, who care in this way, to give good words even though they could be painful. That's the first way. We reflect Jesus in our friendships. A second way is through our commitment. Let's go ahead and read verse 10. Don't abandon your friend or your father's friend. And don't go to your brother's house in your time of calamity. Better a neighbor nearby than a brother far away. Let's focus on the first part of this verse, where it says, don't abandon your friend or your father's friend. Your father's friend is that long-time friendship in the family. One, one reason we could be tempted to ab- abandon a friend, because we think, why would I abandon a friend? is because they're no longer giving benefits to us. Maybe if that friend is going through a hard time, just a real long, difficult patch, they're no longer giving us that attention and that care and support that we're used to. We're thinking, okay, thought this is supposed to be 50-50, and we end up not, not being there in their time of need. See, that's the difference between a transactional relationship and a covenantal relationship. We would abandon someone if it was a transactional relationship. In a transactional relationship, right, I'm in it in order to get something out of it. I'll give you my time. I'll give you my effort. I'll give you my attention as long as you give it back to me. When it comes to Christmas gifts, right, you better give me a gift that's the same amount of the gift that I gave you or even more. If I'm going through a tough time, right? You better help me because I helped you, right? There's a transaction that's going on. Now, imagine if Jesus treated us that way, right? He wouldn't be around, right? Because he's always the giver in our relationship. He has no need. But Jesus is not like that, right? He's committed to us through the good times and the tough times. When we seem to be doing well or if we're struggling with sin, Jesus said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. See, that's a covenantal relationship. And because we have that in Jesus, we're free and empowered to give that type of friendship to the people in our lives. So that when our friend is going through something difficult and hard, we can be right there with them. We're not Jesus, but we can point them to Jesus. Family, is there a friend in our lives that maybe we've kind of like pushed off the, our radar that maybe the Lord has put upon our heart to get reinvolved when we, we know they're going through something difficult in their marriage, in their family, just in life, and maybe the Lord is leading us to, to reconnect with them in this new year. Let's be friends, right, that are committed to the people that God has placed in our lives. A third way we reflect Jesus in our friendships is by being considerate. Let's look at verse 14. If one blesses his neighbor with a loud voice early in the morning, it will be counted as a curse to him. That word neighbor, it's the same word that's used for friend. 
And when we think about it, we think, oh, what's wrong with a blessing? I would love for someone to pray blessing for me. Well, the problem isn't what they're saying. The problem is when they're saying it and how they're saying it, right? This neighbor is, is, is blessing in the early morning and doing it with a very loud voice, right? Just think about how we are when we first wake up in the morning before our coffee, right? It's not good. It's not a pretty picture, right? We wake up, right? And what do we want? We want to make our cup of coffee. We didn't make that New Year's resolution. We want to sit in a quiet house, grab our phone, read some things on the news, check our email, have some devotional time in the peaceful quiet. The last thing we need is our neighbor to be mowing the lawn at 6 in the morning on a weekend. You guys ever had that? I've had that. Like, why that early? Why on the weekend? Right, because loud noises, right? Right when you wake up, it, it's, it's, it's unpleasant. And this neighbor here, right, who's, who's blessing, right, it's a good thing, but the when and the how he's doing it isn't considerate, isn't considering his neighbor. When we grow in friendships, we grow in our consideration of the other person. Proverbs 25.20 gives us uh, another example of consideration or inconsideration. Singing songs to a troubled heart is like taking off clothing on a cold day or like pouring vinegar on soda, right? If If you're just down, bummed out, where the last thing you need is someone right next to you singing happy songs because that's not how you feel, right? That, that friend is being inconsiderate because they're not understanding that you're hurting while you're singing a happy song, right? Young kids are great at being examples of this, right? You can be having a, a tough day, right? And, and your face is showing it, our face is showing it. And most adults would know, all right, we're going to give this person space because they're going through a tough time. But, but toddlers, they totally miss those cues, right? They'll just come up to you and start demanding things. Now, none of your kids, because I know all your kids are totally considerate, but friends that you know kids, right? right they'll miss those cues because they're not considering what that person, what that adult is going through. See, friends are connected to one another, and, and, and they're thoughtful. They're, they're stoked. When we're stoked, they're bummed out when we're bummed out because they're, because they're connected. Right? God is the ultimate example of consideration. He's aware of our every need. Psalm 139, 17 and 18 tells us that, that God's thoughts towards us, his consideration outnumbers the sands on the shore. He's super thoughtful and super considerate to us. And that consideration of God encourages and empowers us to be thoughtful and considerate considerate to the people around us, not just in what we do for our friends, but how we do it and when we do it. Finally, our, our friendships, right? We, we, we grow in them as we pursue growing together. Let's look at verse 17, chapter 27. Iron sharpens iron, and one person sharpens another. That's what friends do. They, they sharpen one another. Think about like kitchen knives, right? When your kitchen knife gets dull and you're trying to prepare food for, for New Year's and you're trying to cut into those vegetables and it's not really cutting well because that knife is dull. Makes preparing food more difficult. 
right? So what we need then is a sharpener. We need to get that, that dull knife and rub it against that sharpener. And that friction makes the knife more efficient, more effective in what it's supposed to do. And that's what friends do. They sharpen one another. One commentator describes the sharpening process as a healthy clash, right? Think about two metal pieces clashing together. A healthy clash of personalities and a healthy clash of of viewpoints. Because it's always better to receive advice and feedback and opinion from trusted friends than trying to navigate life on our own. Trusted friends will help challenge us to be wiser and more effective in life and in relationships by adding their wisdom, their perspective, and their knowledge to our arsenal. I'm always encouraged when, when, when I go to my uh, community group and we're talking about a topic in life and, and I hear the experiences and the perspective and the wisdom from other people in my community group. I'll gain insights and wisdom that, that I, I would have never known if I if it was just me on my own. So I want to encourage us, as we begin 2023, if you're not in a community group, that was the perfect time to join one. Or maybe you aren't one, but maybe you kind of stopped going as, the, as the 2022 came to a close. I want to encourage you to get back into our community group, that community that you were in. We've got info on our groups on, at the Aloha table. We'd love for you to experience just the blessings of the friendships that, that, that can be built up in one of these groups. So as we pursue reflecting Jesus in our friendships this year, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to disappoint our friends sometimes along the way, and, and, and they're going to disappoint us at times. And that's why it's important to remember that Jesus is the only perfect friend. He lived, he died, and he rose again so that we can experience life forgiveness, and friendship with him as our Savior and as our King. So as we experience the love of Jesus in our lives, let's commit to growing in the friendships that God has placed in our lives. Let's go ahead and pray together. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for his companionship. That he said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Lord, as we rest in the love of Jesus in our lives, as we enjoy his care over us. Holy Spirit, we pray you would empower us to reflect Jesus in our friendships, in our family, in the friendships in our workplace, in our schools, in our communities, in our community groups. Lord, that this year, Lord, you would get glory through the friendships that are being built up and made. So we thank you that we're not doing this alone, that you'll give us everything that we need for life and godliness. So thank you so much for your care for us, Jesus. And it's in your precious name we pray. Amen.